Greetings, friends, and welcome to Trajectory Podcast. It's been ages since I've made an episode. Yeah, sorry about that. I have been confused. Yeah, our passage today is a head-scratcher, and uh, I honestly didn't know what to say. But I've got some ideas now, so I'd like to share them with you guys. Uh, let's give it a gander. But first is our moment of positivity. It's easy for me to be overwhelmed by the hugeness of the problem of lost souls. I can identify with Jesus when he said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He told the disciples to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the vineyard. Yesterday, I I listened to some missionaries that have retired from their work in China and now attend my church, and they were talking about how God moves in the lives of people to bring them to himself. And they shared a story about a girl that came to Christ after they shared the simple truth that the God of the Bible is the only God who loves us. It wasn't a clever argument or a passionate plea. It was just one sentence, and this girl came to Christ. Today, be reminded that God is a thousand times more passionate about saving lost souls than we are. He wants them to come to saving faith, and he'll use just the the simplest things, the smallest steps of obedience from us to move them. And that's our moment of positivity. Okay, now for our passage. Today, we are looking at Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35 where Jesus shares a story about a servant given a second chance and totally blowing it. So Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35 says this, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell on his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. All right. Uh, Wow, quite a story. A king decides to settle accounts with his servants, and here comes along this servant who owes the king 10,000 bags of gold. (laughs) That's a lot of gold. Obviously, he can't pay the king back, so the king decides he's going to sell the man, his possessions, and his family to get the money back. The servant begs for more time to pay off the debt, And instead, the king offers complete forgiveness. The servant used to owe 10,000 bags of gold. Now he owes absolutely nothing. Amazing. Uh, What would you think the servant would do after this? You know, 
What would your assumption be after this kind of forgiveness that a man would, would do? Man, he should go and, and find the people who owe him money and let them off, right? He should buy presents for poor people. At this point, he's totally financially free. What an awesome day. Instead, though, he finds someone who owes way less than he owed, threw him in jail for not paying him back. So the king finds out about this man's unforgiveness, and he reneges his pardon, throws the man into the torture chambers until the man's debt is paid. Okay, so the lesson here is is super obvious. You and me owed God a billion dollars in sin debts. The scripture says that even our minds and thoughts were against God and his ways before we were saved. There was no way in a million years that we could ever pay God back, especially because every day we're racking up even more offenses that you know we, we need to pay off. So even in our efforts to pay God back, we would be falling back or further into sin debt. Totally hopeless. And so we find ourselves needing God to just forgive us. And God does. He moves and takes the pile of sins and debts that we owed him, and he simply erases it because of Jesus. So, what should we do then? Well, we should run to forgive others. We should offer grace spontaneously. Uh, But what do we so often do instead? Look for reasons to be offended and require from others payment for their sins against us. Man, we so quickly forget that there was a mountain of debt against us that we could never pay. We forget God's kindness in cleansing us and washing us of all unrighteousness. And when someone wrongs us, shoot, we are like instantly ready for war. Okay, let's uh, quickly dive into the confusing parts here. Because according to this passage, it seems like Jesus is saying that saved people can lose their salvation by not forgiving others. And I I honestly don't think that's what Jesus was saying, and I'll try to explain why. Firstly, throughout the day, there may be like a hundred things that come up that we're angry about and need to forgive others for. Uh, We do not simply slip in and out of salvation every time someone wrongs us and we're dealing with the situation. That's silly. Romans chapter 8 says that, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means that Christians are guiltless before God because of Jesus even ones who have a hard time forgiving. So was Jesus lying? Are there no consequences for unforgiving Christians? (laughs) I was reading a commentary on this passage, and the writer said that the unforgiving servant never accepted the forgiveness of the king. He was a faker to salvation, as it were. Most people who believe that Christians can't lose their salvation say that about the so-called believer that falls away. They were never really saved in the first place, they might say. I don't really like that answer, but in this case, uh, I think that they're actually right. The servant that received forgiveness uh, didn't allow that forgiveness to penetrate his heart. He was like the quickly growing seed from the parable of the dirts. You remember that the seed grew up quickly and then shriveled and died. This servant didn't allow God's forgiveness to change his heart in what you might call a saving way. He knew of God's forgiveness, but did not yet appreciate it. All right, so a quick application before we go. First, unforgiveness for a genuine believer is not, I don't believe, a sentence to hell. It is, however, an unnecessary burden that God would have us not carry. 
Whether you're a believer or not, unforgiveness has devastating consequences. Someone once said that bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. We are the ones most hurt by unforgiveness. And just like the parable says, we demonstrate in the most savage honesty the fact that we are not ourselves grateful for God's forgiveness if we don't forgive. Today, I would encourage you to check yourself and see if there's any unforgiveness in your heart. Remember that God forgave you a huge debt and extend that same forgiveness towards others. Hey, forgiveness is a touchy subject. I'd uh, I'd love to talk to you more about it. Feel free to shoot me an email at andrew at zoarmb.org. That's andrew at zoarmb.org if you have more questions. In the meantime, thanks for joining us for another episode of Trajectory Podcast. Until next time, may God richly bless you.